You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome into today's edition of Locked On Nittany Lions on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kevin McGuire. Today is Monday, March 8th, 2021. Yes, first episode of March. Thank you for bearing with me. Took a week off, took some personal time, made a little vacation time, and it was nice to get a little bit of a breather. But of course, we are back. We are ready to go. Lots of stuff going on in the month of March. So let's get right into it in today's episode. But before we do, a reminder that today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON20. You'll get 20% off your next order. And of course, there are so many different ways to stay connected with this podcast. Make sure you never miss an episode as soon as they go live on your favorite podcasting app. So subscribe, rate, review really helps us out as we continue to grow this podcast and everything going on across the Locked On Podcast Network. Get your daily Penn State insight right here in your podcast feed directly. Make sure you're subscribed. And of course, you can also connect with us on our social media platforms. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook at Locked On Nittany. And stay tuned. Next week, we're going to have some pretty interesting news. I cannot wait to share some more details about this thing. I've been teasing for a while, uh, but stay tuned. Uh, lots of good things happening here for the podcast and for me personally. I'm really looking forward to it, and I can't wait to share some more information with you guys beginning next week. So a little bit of a tease. So just bear with me. Okay, so coming up in today's episode, uh, just a couple of quick hitters uh, from some of the stories that have been going on around the world of college football. Obviously, we know that Pennsylvania has lifted some of the restrictions on in-seat or in-game attendance for sporting events. We'll talk a little bit about what that could potentially mean for Penn State as early as this spring. Uh, We also want to take a look at some of the stories that have been posted now that we're into the action with spring football practices uh, starting to get kick-started around the nation. Some interesting storylines that people are following from ESPN. Talk a little bit about a story that I saw on Yahoo Sports from Pete Thamel about uh, potential coaching candidates for a vacancy that could very well be opening up very soon. I'm going to say right now, not to bury the lead, but doesn't look as though it could impact Penn State. But always just something to keep in mind, certainly late in the game in the coaching carousel. But we'll get into all that in today's episode. I do want to start with a couple quick thoughts, though, because I saw this story as I was getting ready to record today's podcast that Kobe Bryant's rookie card has apparently sold for $1.8 million at auction. And it got me thinking, you know, I am not the biggest uh, collector of sports cards today, although I have been known to dabble in the hobby at times throughout my years. And it got me thinking about some of the wild cards or the rookie cards that I sought after for a variety of reasons. And obviously, you know, being as somebody who followed Penn State football from uh, an early age, you know, that 1994 team was basically the team that got me hooked on college football in general. So it's no surprise that some of the rookie cards as far as football were concerned that I was seeking were Kajana Carter and Kerry Collins. Now, obviously, we know what the careers of those two players panned out to be. Kerry Collins had a very good career in the NFL, obviously got to the Super Bowl, uh, was a longtime starter in the NFL. Uh, Certainly still to this day, as far as I'm concerned, the best quarterback to come out of Penn State, not just in the Big Ten era, but I would argue throughout the history of the program. It's not a program that is very rich on quarterback prospects. I, I love a lot of the quarterbacks, don't get me wrong, but I do think that Kerry Collins, by far and large, is the best quarterback to come out of Penn State. And that has not been challenged to this day as far as I'm concerned. And I don't know if anybody would really argue that, to be honest with you. 
So I had a good handful of Kerry Collins rookie cards in his Carolina Panthers uniform or Carolina Panthers mock-ups, I guess, were the case. And I'm going to have to go back and dig through just to see how many I had. I know I had a good bunch of them, but I had a ton more of Kajana Carter rookie cards. And obviously that did not pan out very well for me. Now, I'm not one who gets too carried away with the value of cards. To me, that's not really what the hobby's all about. I understand that there is certainly a market for that. But for me, uh, when I was collecting cards, I really just wanted to have a little bit of a collection of players and teams that I was rooting for, teams and players I was interested in. And I, I've, so I've got a little bit of a collection of John Kuhn rookie uh, playing cards uh, or trading cards, I should say from uh, his uh, NFL career. Obviously, I went to Shippensburg. So I saw John Kuhn play college football, and obviously he went on to play for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I believe scored his first, so, I guess, somewhat first uh, professional touchdown with the Pittsburgh Steelers in a preseason game against the Philadelphia Eagles. I remember that moment very vividly. Uh, so I'm, I'm very curious to see you know, what are some of the Penn State players that you have followed that you have you know, taken up a hobby in collecting as many cards as you can? You know, I'm, maybe there's some of you out there who have those uh, vast collections specifically on one specific player. And I'd be very curious to hear what your experiences are in collecting trading cards with your, some of your former Penn State uh, favorites uh, like Kerry Collins or Kajana Carter or maybe you're Larry Johnson or you know, whoever else has come along the way uh, anybody out there with some Chris Godwin cards so <laughs> I'd be very curious to see what you guys have to say about that but it just kind of uh, you know, sparked my interest a little bit when I saw that story about Kobe Bryant's rookie card selling for 1.8 million dollars I don't know if that's a record or not but hey still it's notable because it's first of all it's Kobe Bryant and it kind of you know this is the time of year when I start to think a little bit about my hobbies of the past with trading cards because baseball season's coming around that's typically when i at least think about looking back at my old baseball card collection which has football cards and basketball cards i think i've got some hockey cards too i might even have some marvel cards and nintendo cards uh, don't ask but uh, i'd be very curious to see which players you have specific collections for if you have one at all uh, of course, the, the big story, I think, from the last week, certainly within the state of Pennsylvania, is the fact that the, the ban on fans attending large gathering events uh, has been not lifted, but you know, amended. So now we have seen already the, the Pittsburgh Penguins just this past weekend hosted the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, so we got a chance to see Pittsburgh Penguin fans get a chance to attend a home game. I'm recording this podcast on Sunday. The Philadelphia Flyers uh, also are getting a chance to welcome fans into their arena. And of course, the Philadelphia 76ers, when they get back from the All-Star break, they're going to be opening the doors for fans as well. And of course, now we're getting close to the baseball season. So the Philadelphia Phillies, Pittsburgh Pirates, they're both going to be able to have some fans in their respective stadiums. So things are looking a little bit more positive or at least trending in a positive direction as far as fans being able to attend games is concerned. So what does this mean for Penn State? Well, we know that as of now, you know, still looking forward to the fall as the big picture, it, it, it's, it's expected that Penn State's going to be able to open the doors for Beaver Stadium for football games. We don't know how many fans will be allowed into that stadium just yet. I'm going to suggest that you should probably move on from the idea of having a full 110,000 fans inside the stadium. I know there, there are some other schools out there like Alabama, Oklahoma, and I believe Texas that are already having uh, uh, leaders suggest that they are ready to pack their stands. I don't think Penn State's going to go there. I don't think the Big Ten's going to restrict things uh, the way that they did last year uh, with no fans for any games, which uh, was a universal Big Ten-wide decision. 
uh, I think that this is going to be a little bit more up to the schools going into the upcoming season. And of course, this is all supposing that things are tracking in a in the positive direction as far as this whole pandemic is concerned. So still lots to be seen. But of course, uh, earlier on, we're going to have a spring football game. And that's the biggest question right now. Will fans be allowed to attend the blue white game? Supposing that the blue white game still exists this year. And I'm going to move forward with the expectation that it will until changes have to be made to whatever schedule uh, and however that plays out. But for right now, we'll move forward with the expectation that there will be a spring game at Penn State. And let's say that fans will be allowed to attend. How many fans will be allowed to attend? Uh, in years past, it has been kind of open doors. They've had tickets available, I believe, in more recent years just to kind of restrict the crowds or whatever, uh, even before pandemic. But I think that uh, it would be expected that if there is going to be a spring game, I think that they will find a way to allow fans into the stadium. I don't know what the procedures are going to be. Uh, we'll obviously get a chance to see how the Big Ten and how Penn State handles some sporting events on campus before we even get to the spring game. But uh, just something to keep an eye on. Of course, we'll keep uh, our, our eyes on that as well moving forward and seeing how this all plays out for Penn State. So there are reasons to be a little bit more confident about Penn State moving forward, but if you're looking for a little bit more of a boost to get you more confident in the bedroom, guess what? Blue Chew is here for you. Blue Chew is the unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but it is in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Bluetooth tablets combat all the forms of ED and they can help men gain that extra confidence for when it is time to perform. Bluetooth, it's an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and best of all, it ships right to your door in a discreet package. Nobody has to know what you're doing to get yourself going in the bedroom. Process is simple. Sign up at bluetooth.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And the best part, again, it's all done online. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. So if you can benefit from a little extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit bluetooth.com for more details and important safety information. They've got a special deal for our listeners right now. Try Blue Chew free when you use the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. Just pay $5 of shipping. That's bluetooth.com, promo code LOCKEDON. Receive your first month free and we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast. One thing you don't need a prescription for is for betting on your favorite sports and TV events online. And the best place to do that is with the fastest and easiest way for all your sports action with betonline.ag. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, the NHL, they're all still in full swing. And of course, BetOnline even covers award shows, TV shows, reality TV shows. They've got real-time updated odds and props from just about anything you can possibly imagine. We're in the midst of conference basketball tournaments. The Big Ten's going to be getting kick-started later on this week. And of course, Penn State's going to be a little bit of a long shot. But if you're feeling a little confident, maybe you will place a couple bucks on Penn State to make a deep run and maybe shock the Big Ten world. You'll certainly be making a few bucks that way if that ends up happening. But there's, of course, no shortage of action on betonline.ag. They've got you covered with all the news, scores, and odds. It's Again, it's the best place to place your bets, and it is totally free to sign up. So head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device. Sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And, of course, there is no limit on what that 50% bonus is. Other sports gambling sites are going to cap exactly what that bonus is going to be on your first deposit. Not at betonline.ag. Best deal in the business right now. BetOnline. Your online sportsbook experts. Remember to use the promo code locked on. 
Of course, we're covering everything you need to know about the Penn State Nittany Lions, but what about the rest of the world of sports? It's a pretty wide world out there, right? Well, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with the Locked On Today podcast. It's hosted by Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in just under 20 minutes. So subscribe to Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Leave those ratings, leave those reviews, and while you're at it, make sure you are subscribed to Locked On Nittany Lions for continuing Penn State coverage. Locked on Nittany Lines, Locked on Today podcast, great way to start your day every day, Monday through Friday. As mentioned in the previous segment, we are now in the midst of the time where we're starting to look at spring storylines around the world of college football. And certainly here on Locked on Nittany Lions, we're going to be talking about some of those spring storylines for Penn State. Now, if you've been following the podcast, you've been following my conversation, you kind of know where I stand with a lot of things to be paying attention to for Penn State going into the 2021 season. I tend to be a little bit more optimistic. I believe that this is a program and a team that is fully capable of having a little bit of a big bounce back and certainly should get off to a better start to the 2021 season than they did a year ago. Uh, even though the schedule is a little challenging, I do think we're going to see a much better result than an 0-5 start to the season. And the reason I say that is because I do feel as though there are some really good ingredients to work with here. I think the defense will have some of the players in place. I think the offense is going to be in a much better situation going into the new year than they were last year. And I think a lot of that is because we've seen how programs have gone through this pandemic. We've seen what happens when you don't have a traditional spring football practice schedule to rely on. And certainly that was the case at Penn State. It was the case for a lot of schools. We're not going to make excuses here anymore because I think at some point when you get to own five, you start to run out of room for those excuses. But I do think that you learn from those issues from the previous season. And I fully expect that James Franklin and his whole staff and the entire program, they're going to learn from what worked for them last year, what didn't work for them last year, especially during the spring. And even though there's a new offensive coordinator in town, once again, I still feel pretty confident suggesting that things are going to go a little bit more smoothly on the offensive side of the football to get things started going into the new year. And that's all going to start in this spring. And that's why I was very curious to see what some of the storylines that, uh, that ESPN is following, or at least highlighted in their column by Mark Schleyback over the weekend. He posted a story about some of the notable spring storylines that he's paying attention to uh, throughout the country. And not surprisingly, some of the big storylines are going to follow some of the programs that have been more perennial college football playoff contenders like Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State and Georgia. There are certainly some really interesting storylines from a national perspective to be following with those programs because those are the programs that are going to be once again expected to be in that college football playoff discussion. So it makes sense to focus on those big storylines. One of the segments that was profiled in this uh, story was uh, some of the notable coordinator changes or coaching changes uh, throughout the country. And, you know, I guess focusing on the coordinators and of course, Penn state has one of those notable offensive coordinator changes with Mike Yersich coming in as the new offensive coordinator, replacing Kirk Sharaka. And that is certainly a big change. It was a surprising change at the time because it, I really thought that Kirk Sharaka coming back for another year was actually going to bode well for the consistency of this offense moving forward. And I've said all along even though you're changing the offensive coordinator once again, I still feel as though there's some good upside potential here with Mike Yorsuch coming in. I think it's an upgrade at offensive coordinator. I think that he's going to be a coordinator that uh, certainly has some good weapons to work with. And I think if they are able to put in 
a more of a normal spring routine, I think that that's going to be a very good thing for Penn State going into the new year because I do like what Mike Yurcich has done with his offenses over the years. Uh, he's had some highs, he's had some lows, so there's no question about that, but I do feel like this is an obvious upgrade at the offensive coordinator position, and I think it's one that should be a pretty good one for Penn State, given that Sean Clifford is back as your starting quarterback, and I think you've got another year of starting experience. I I think Sean Clifford, when he's good, he's pretty good. He's not great, but he's better than average. And yeah, I think you just got to focus on limiting some of the mistakes that he has made at times. There's no question about that. But I do feel as though Mike Yersich is the kind of guy that can kind of help Sean Clifford get to another level. And I think when you have Jahan Dotson coming back and you've got some of the wide receivers that are starting to, to blossom in their roles, you've got a pretty solid running back situation, I still think, going into the new year. Uh, we'll see what happens with the offensive line, but I think there's some reason to be optimistic there as well. This is a pretty good offensive unit moving forward, and I think, uh, obviously, the addition of Mike Yurcich is going to be one of the key changes around the Big Ten this season as far as coordinators are concerned. Also of note, one of the most notable offensive coordinator changes, of course, is a former Penn State coach, that being Bill O'Brien, who is now heading to Alabama as the new offensive coordinator under Nick Saban. I'm throwing that in there just because Bill O'Brien, of course, was the former Penn State head coach prior to James Franklin. And I really feel as though Bill O'Brien is in possibly the best situation out of any coordinator out there. And as somebody who has been a fan of Bill O'Brien in the past, I very much look forward to see what Bill O'Brien does with his opportunity with Nick Saban in Alabama. Fully expect that this is going to help him get back to a head coaching position. I don't know if that means in the NFL. I don't know if that means in college. Uh, I still feel like Bill O'Brien can be a good college coach, but he is certainly an NFL guy. I think he's more likely he goes back to the NFL at some point as an offensive coordinator once the right spot opens up for him. But certainly going to Alabama is not going to hurt his chances moving forward. And of course, there are some position battles of notes around the country, uh, none highlighted in this column by ESPN, but one that is certainly going to be one that's very key in the Big Ten is the Ohio State quarterback situation. Obviously, with Justin Fields moving on to the NFL as potential top 10 draft pick, Ohio State's trying to figure out who their next quarterback is going to be. I still think Ohio State's going to be okay at the quarterback position. Uh, Jack Miller and C.J. Stroud, not a whole lot of experience to rely on, but they're certainly coming back. And then, of course, they have the incoming hotshot recruit, Kyle McCord, who, of course, is a Pennsylvania product. And uh, you know, I don't know if he necessarily got away from Penn State, but obviously when one of the top quarterback prospects in your state goes to your biggest competition, right in your own division, right along your border, that certainly stings. So obviously we'll be keeping a very close eye on that, not just because it's Ohio State, but also because uh, we could be talking about a former Pennsylvania product and that's always just something to keep in mind when you're looking to improve your own program. When you see some of the top talent in your state go to your biggest competition, your biggest uh, opposition, uh, just, just got to keep an eye on it. So we'll see what happens. Uh, obviously, the Ohio State quarterback situation, once again, going to be among the top position battles to be paying attention to on a national scale. All right, we've been telling you about Built Bars for a while now. They're the best tasting protein bar on the market. And of course, they are amazing in low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. They've got amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all the bars. You don't need me to sell you on these anymore because hopefully you've already done that. And of course, now we're starting a new week. Now's a good time to get back on track with your Built Bar consumption. But now's also the time to find out which Built Bar is the absolute best. It is 
Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup is Apple Almond Crisps going up against the German Chocolate Cake. You can vote now by following these guys on Twitter at Built underscore Bar. Place your vote for which Built Bar is the absolute best in today's matchup. I'm personally going with that Apple Almond Crisp. I'm a big fan of that one ever since it came onto the market. It is a very strong contender for me. I personally don't see any way that the German Chocolate Cake can pull off the monumental upset in this round of the Built Bar Madness. So go to BuiltBar.com or go to Built underscore bar on Twitter. Remember to use the promo code locked on 20. You're going to get 20% off your next order at built bars. That's locked on 20 to get 20% off your next order at builtbar.com. and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar out there in the field. It's built bar madness. I'm ready. Let's go. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, make sure you're subscribed to Locked On today. Make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Nittany Lions. It is the perfect triple combo to get your week started on your favorite podcasting app. So in the last segment, we talked a little bit about some of the notable offensive coordinator changes around college football, most notably Mike Yurcich at Penn State, and of course, former Penn State head coach Bill O'Brien going to Alabama. Well, what about a former Penn State assistant heading to Tennessee to be the defensive coordinator? That, of course, being Tim Banks, who has taken over the role of defensive coordinator with the Tennessee Volunteers under new head coach Josh Heupel as Tennessee looks to turn the page and head in a new direction under a new regime. Of course, uh, the offseason storylines around Tennessee have involved a late coaching change with the firing of Jeremy Pruitt and bringing in former UCF head coach Josh Heupel, who, of course, was hired by former UCF and uh, AD, who has taken over the role at Tennessee. As is so often the case with a head coaching change, no matter what time of the year it happens, that new head coach is going to bring in his own defensive coordinator, his own offensive coordinator if necessary. That, of course, is what Tim Banks is doing, leaving Penn State as a defensive assistant to take on the role as defensive coordinator. This is notable at Tennessee because Tennessee just in January hired Kevin Steele to be its defensive coordinator moving forward. So now Tennessee has come around and they're going to be buying out that contract for Kevin Steele, uh, paying him a good amount of money for nothing, basically. <laughs> so uh, you can laugh at it if you will. Obviously, troubling times within that Tennessee program led to the head coaching change. Troubling times also could be leading to a coaching change with the Kansas Jayhawks. We go from Rocky Top to Rock Chalk Jayhawk, where Les Miles, head coach of the Kansas football program, has been placed on administrative leave following the reports or the revelations from an investigation during mile or focusing on Miles' time as a head coach at LSU, where he had alleged inappropriate behavior with student employees. Uh, former LSU AD Joe Oliva was, I guess, uh, reported to encourage the firing of Les Miles once this uh, information had become available. Uh, as it turned out, Joe Oliva ended up being the one forced out at LSU as the AD while Les Miles got to stay, at least for a little bit longer. And now uh, the future of Les Miles is looking pretty dim at this point in time. Lots of pressure now for Kansas to maybe move on from Les Miles again. It's a little bit late in the coaching carousel, but sometimes you got to make that change. And it's not unprecedented where we have seen a coach embattled in some kind of a sticky situation uh, be moved out of his position, making way for at least an interim coach, maybe not a full-time head coach, while the full-time head coaching position uh, search 
uh, goes underway. We saw that at Ohio State used back with uh, Jim Trestle being forced out with the tattoo gate, bringing in uh, Luke Fickle as the interim coach, and then, of course, leading the way to Urban Meyer. Now, I'm not saying Urban Meyer is going to be the next head coach of Kansas, <laughs> but I do think that the Kansas coaching position could very well be opening up. So the first question that always pops in my mind when a job like this opens up is, what does that mean for Penn State? No, James Franklin is not leaving Penn State to coach Kansas, but could uh, a coordinator leave the Penn State program to take on the head coaching position at Kansas, either immediately or within the, the next round of the coaching carousel. Because again, it could very well be possible that Kansas goes with an interim coach for the one-year term while a full search for a national search goes on for its next head coaching candidate. Could Mike Yersich just come around and go right back to the Big 12? I'm not saying that's going to happen, but again, those are the kinds of things we just have to keep in mind because a guy like Mike Yersich has been coaching for a while. A guy like Brent Pry has been coaching for a while as defense coordinator for Penn State. So these are both guys that could be potential head coaching candidates at some point in time. Is it going to be within the next year? I don't know. <laughs> I don't ever, never say never with these kinds of things, but that's just something that you have to keep in mind. Now, I did see a Pete Thamel from Yahoo Sports put together a list of potential candidates to be the next head coach of Kansas. Again, I don't know if that means necessarily right away or if we're talking in the next full round of the coaching carousel when Kansas finds a permanent replacement for Les Miles, assuming that Les Miles is let go by Kansas, which I think is a possibility. I mean, he does not have the record that uh, would back up his defense to stay the head coach of Kansas, even with these troubles behind him at LSU. But, you know, some of the coaching candidates you saw, you know, they're coming from the service academies, Jeff Monken, Ken Newell-Matololo uh, from Army and Navy, respectively. Uh, so you didn't see any coaches on Pete Thamel's list with a direct Penn State tie or anything like that. So uh, for now, you can rest easy. And again, no, James Franklin's not leaving Penn State to take on Kansas. This is a more of a position where you'd be looking at coordinators, uh, your offensive coordinator, your defense coordinator, whether or not they would be potential candidates for that Kansas opening. As of now, it doesn't look like that's in the fold right now. But again, just something to keep in mind as you move forward. If Penn State has success in 2021 and the offense is flourishing under Mike Yersich and Brent Price defense is coming up big once again, you could see those guys have their names linked to potential head coaching candidate jobs in the next round of the coaching carousel. And a job like Kansas, it's a power conference job. It's a job in the Big 12. Yeah, there's some attraction there. But again, Kansas isn't exactly the kind of high-profile job that a lot of coordinators would probably be jumping to go to. So I, I don't think you have to be too concerned right now about any of the members of the Penn State coaching staff leaving to be the next head coach at Kansas. But it's just something we're going to keep an eye on because we never say never when it comes time to the coaching carousel. And that's what makes things so fun as we move forward. You always want to see people go off and get that next big job, that next big opportunity. The grass isn't always greener on the other side. We all know that. But I do think that when a job and a power conference opens up with uh, a lot of rebuilding to do, that's the kind of candidate you're probably looking for, I think, if you're Kansas. So we'll have to just wait and see exactly what happens there. I don't think Penn State has to worry about it, but just something to keep an eye on as you look forward into the future as you go into that next round of the coaching carousel. I don't think you have to worry about it right now, any late-minute additions or last-second additions to the Kansas staff coming away from the Penn State staff. But just keep an eye on it. And, of course, keep an eye on that Big Ten tournament. Opening up Wednesday in Indianapolis, the Lucas Oil Stadium this year. Obviously getting a chance to play in a bigger venue, allowing for more space. Uh, Big Ten is looking to bring in some fans. We'll see how that all plays out. 
Don't know how long Penn State's going to have a stay in Indianapolis this year. Again, this is a rough year for the basketball season, uh, the basketball program. Uh, Penn State, not necessarily a basketball school, so it's very rare that they make a lot of noise in the Big Ten tournament. But they have gone on a little bit of a couple surprise runs over the years. Uh, I don't know exactly what we're anticipating yet, uh, but of course, uh, we didn't get a chance to see what the full Big Ten bracket's going to look like as of the time of this recording. We'll comment a little bit more on tomorrow's episode. Speaking of tomorrow's episode... We're going to do our Twitter Tuesday once again. So send in your questions, send in your comments, anything you have to say about Penn State football, Penn State sports, college football in general, any college sport topic of conversation you have in mind, get us in your questions. They can even be completely off topic. We can have some fun with it. That's what Twitter Tuesday is all about. So follow us on Twitter, at LockedOnNittany. Send in your questions at any time today. If you're getting your comment or your question in by 4 p.m. Eastern today on Monday, it is guaranteed to be in tomorrow's podcast. So make sure you don't delay. Get in your questions. Get in your comments. Follow us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. While you're at it, make sure you're following us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. Subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Radio.com. We're on Amazon Music. Whatever you use to listen to your podcast, make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you leave a rating, leave a review. really helps us out with the placement on those various podcasting apps really helps us continue to try and grow this podcast. I'm Kevin McGuire. You can give me a follow on Twitter at Kevin on CFB. And of course, check out my college football content on athlonsports.com and check me out on Patreon at patreon.com slash Kevin McGuire. Big announcement coming up next week. Cannot wait to share some more details with you. Again, I will continue to tease that, but I hope you're excited about it. And I, I think you will be once you find out what we're doing. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Make sure you go out and get your week started on the right foot. Go 1-0 today. It's the only way you're going to go 1-0 this week. And we'll talk to you all again tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. I'll see you then.